Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. The big thing is listen. If you just ask them what the problem is, what the solution they want is, they'll end up telling you all their problems. Basically just asking probing questions and then, you know, being quiet because that's where you're going to get the best information from people. Best ever listeners, I want to mention Lima One Capital and I found out about them through a guest that I was interviewing on the show and he mentioned how he was scaling his business. He was actually buying 10 single family homes within one year. And I asked him, how were you able to buy 10 single family homes and how were you financing that? And he's like, oh, well, I just use an asset-based lender. I was like, who is that? And he told me it's Lima One Capital. I reached out to them afterwards, got to know them, and they are the sponsor of today's episode because they've got some unique lending programs. Uh, One of them is called Rental 30, where, as I mentioned, they're an asset-based lender. So they're lending based on the property's appraised value as well as they look at the down payment that you're bringing to the table and the cash reserves. Uh, They'll lend up to 75% loan to value. And this is huge. This is huge because typically as a single family investor, uh, your lending strength is based on your personal income as well as how many properties you have, how many loans you have out. There's no restrictions on portfolio size with their Rental 30 program. Go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. Sign up, learn more about the program. That's lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. They also have a program for fix and flippers. Even if you haven't done a fix and flip, they'll still lend to you. They've been in the business uh, since 2010. So they've been around the block. They know their underwriting guidelines. They're not loosey-goosey, but they do have a very specific uh, criteria um, that helps beginning fix and flippers get their fix and flip projects done, as well as experienced fix and flippers. They reward you as an experienced fix and flipper, and you actually get a lower interest rate and lower origination fee. Again, go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. And some legal stuff I have to say, it is Lima One Capital LLC. And the NMLS ID number is 1324403. And their address is 201 East McBee Avenue, Suite 300, Greenville, South Carolina, 29601. Again, lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. If you're looking for a fix and flip loan or if you're looking for a buy and hold investment property, 
and you're trying to finance it and you want it to be asset-based, lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the show where we cut out the fluffy stuff. We don't talk about it. We only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, Jay Papazon, the author of The One Thing, Tom Wheelwright, who is Robert Kiyosaki's CPA. Highly recommend listening to that episode if you haven't already, especially if you're interested in 1031 exchanges. Just Google Tom Wheelwright, Joe Fairless, and that episode will come up. With us today, we got Mike Cowper. How you doing, Mike? I am doing well today, Joe. How about yourself? I'm doing very well as well. <laughs> nice to have you on the show. And today's going to be a conversation about starting out of the gate quickly in wholesaling. Mike has been a wholesaler for 15 months and he's done over 50 transactions and four of them being his own rentals. You can say hi to him and his team at webuyroi.com. That's W-E-B-U-Y-R-O-I.com. He's based in Detroit, Michigan. And with that being said, Mike, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, absolutely. So a little clarification, we're actually in Metro Detroit. We don't do much work in the city. Everyone hears the war stories about that area. And some of them might be true. Some of them aren't. We just feel that's not an area we like to focus in. But a little bit on my background, I focus primarily on sales since I graduated college. I sold copiers, printers, tax and accounting information, pharmaceuticals, and ended up meeting my partner, Mike Simmons, about a little over a year ago. And that was after I had started actively trying to acquire some rentals and passive income. So about a year ago, I worked with him and we started uh, wholesaling. He was a flipper. I think you've had him on your show before. And um, essentially he was flipping and found that he had too many deals coming in that he could handle from direct marketing. I was reaching out to him trying to understand direct marketing so I can get off market deals. And we just seemed to fit well together because Me being more of a sales background, I was interested in going on the appointments, acquiring the properties, and then we decided it made most sense to kind of form a wholesaling business. And that is what we're focusing on today. Usually about five to 10 transactions a month is our average now. And really quick, best ever listeners, Mike Simmons, you can hear our interview, episode 179. You can go listen to that, of course, after you get done listening to this one. Okay, so you have a sales background. You came across Mike there was a need. He had deals and he needed someone to close those deals and you wanted to get into wholesaling. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, actually, I wasn't really interested in becoming a wholesaler. I was really focused. And that was kind of when I was just starting off. I was really focused on just acquiring rentals. And I was thinking the direct marketing would be a good way for me to get properties that I wasn't competing on the MLS. We sat down, I was kind of picking his brain and he just mentioned what he was doing. And it sounded like a way that I could earn additional income and you know learn from him immediately. So I just offered my services essentially for free. And he decided that it makes sense to pay me a commission on anything that I did end up acquiring for the uh, business that, you know, end up getting wholesaled. So that's kind of how almost a pivot point in my career. It's something I wasn't really truly understanding of and didn't know I'd really be as interested in it as I am in it now, but I really do enjoy the, the business model that we're working on. So with that partnership, you're getting the leads from his marketing machine, and then you are responsible for closing on those transactions? Well, that's how it started off. I essentially worked for him for a few months, and then you know, we had a conversation about you know, my long-term goals, and essentially that you know, might not be today, not tomorrow, maybe not even a month or two, but eventually I want to do it on my own. 
and we decided it made sense to become 50-50 partners. So now we essentially are running a business. We're building a team. We have some employees now. We're actively hiring an acquisitions person to remove me from the day-to-day. So we're really focusing on trying to grow our business. But um, essentially what my responsibility is is a lot of the day-to-day follow-up tasks, the going on appointments, analyzing what the property value would be, negotiating the purchase price that makes sense for us, and then usually some of the showing back end to some of our potential buyers. Okay. So uh, you're responsible for everything from once you get the lead through closing it? Yes. So we have a closing coordinator now that handles a lot of the title back and forth because we found that to be one of our biggest time draining areas that wouldn't allow us to focus on some of the more profitable areas of the business. So yeah, other than the closing and title work, I do handle a lot of it from lead in to locking it up and then some of the back end and trying to show it and sell it. And what does Mike do? So Mike handles a lot of the marketing. He is able to secure a lot of the funding that we work with because we are also starting to move more into wholetailing. He has a lot of experience. He's helped me train up on how to analyze the property value, how much rehab would go into it because those are critical numbers that we have to share with our buyers so they know when they look at our properties that they're able to you know, trust at least within reason the numbers because a lot of the numbers can be subjective, but we try to be pretty close on that. He also focuses on a lot of the systems and processes in trying to build out checklists and things that help expand the business while I work on driving the profit in, um, you know, incrementally right now. What's wholetailing? So wholetailing is essentially where we buy a property at a wholesale price and then put it on the MLS. Usually in our business model, it's light rehab. We try to keep it you know, 5000 or less, maybe changing out carpets, some light paint, but no major renovations. We usually target properties that are clean, but just maybe dated. So people, we could sell to them under market value on the MLS. They can kind of do some of the sweat equity side of the equation. Okay. So you're looking for something that has $5,000 or less in improvements. It's clean, but dated and then selling it to the end buyer, like what, uh, uh, a family that's looking to move in or what? Typically, yes. So usually it's a family or a a homeowner that would want to live in the property. It's not necessarily uh, selling it to another investor. With that is financing involved on their end typically? Typically, yes. So what does that look like if you're wholesaling it to them? So we wouldn't actually be wholesaling to an end buyer. We would actually buy it, take ownership. We use third-party funds that help finance these. And then we put it on the MLS. I'm an agent, so I would list it for us and then you know, go through the showing process like you would any type of flip. We just don't do the total flip and update. Okay. So you buy it, you take ownership, you don't do any of the improvements or a lot of the improvements. Maybe you run a broom through the house or something, but then you you sell it to the end buyer. How are you getting the financing to buy it initially? So a lot of it comes from Mike's connections when he was a flipper. He would do a lot of equity shares. And when we moved into wholesaling, we neither of us really are interested in flipping, you know, in the capacity that a lot of flippers do where they want to put, you know, the 15, 20, $30,000 worth of renovations in. So a lot of his previous contacts were still looking to lend money and get a return. So we offer them a return. They finance the purchase price and some of the holding costs. We pay them back after we liquidate the property and we guarantee them three months of interest, no matter what. What's a typical deal look like, or maybe you can give a specific example with the numbers. 
Yeah. So we actually just closed on one in a nearby city. We paid $72,000 for the property. We had our contractor that we work with pretty regularly go over there. It's probably going to be somewhere around the three to $4,000 worth of work, mainly just, you know, some patching of walls, some light paint, some light flooring. And then we're going to list it for somewhere around 110 to 115. List it for 110, 115. Now on the financing end of things, how much of that $72,000 cost you to borrow? So we usually get the financing plus a little bit extra for the re, uh, not the rehab. Uh, yeah, I guess the rehab. The holding costs? Because you're yeah. not rehabbing it, are you? No, uh, some light rehab. So like I said, our contractor will come through and do like very light stuff like paint and just make it look fresh, oh, but not like okay. updating of kitchens, not going putting granite in and things like that. Okay. So you're making it look fresh. So uh, the the loan is what, like seventy five, seventy six thousand in this case? Yeah, exactly. And then typically what we pay is about somewhere between ten to fifteen percent interest, depending on the different lender that we use, and we guarantee them three months of interest. So even if we turned it in one month, you know, someone comes in with a conventional loan because the FHA rules require ninety day cooling off period on any flip. So we don't really target that market right away because there is just a, an inherent time value that comes into it. But essentially, we pay them three months of guaranteed interest just to make it worth their while. When you end up speaking to an end buyer, have you, have you, have you closed on, you haven't closed on this one, obviously, because you said that's, that's what you're, you're listing it at, right? Yeah, we just took ownership of that this week. And we're going to start, actually, the contractor walked through there today with Mike about you know, some of the sprucing up that we want to do. And then we will probably list that next Saturday or Sunday when the work's done. Have you sold a wholesale deal? Yes. We bought that one in Livonia. And essentially what that one was very minor work. We literally just threw that one right up on the MLS. Oh, no, it wasn't uh, Livonia. It was Roseville. And we bought the property and there was almost nothing needed to be done. I think we went through with a cleaner and a conventional homeowner came through. We bought the property for 77000 and we sold it on the MLS for one hundred and five. Okay. 105 and how long of a period of time? That took a month and a half to from, you know, us acquiring it to selling it. Okay, and they paid all cash? No, they had a conventional loan. Oh, you said that. Okay, so it, it took what longer than a month and a half to actually close on it, right? Or was it just the the loan took a month and a half and that was it? Yeah, the loan basically took a month and a half. We had a little bit of issues up front. They were using a credit union. I have a person I network with that's uh, part of Quicken Loans, and he was able to change their loan out, the, the type of loan, and got them approved very quickly, and we closed very quickly. They actually made a pretty close to full price offer the first day it was on the MLS, and then you know, it went from there. When you look at where what you're you're up to now with the wholesaling versus the regular wholesaling, do you see wholesaling being uh, phased out and no. just folk? No, how come? Well, wholesaling is a lot cleaner in our opinion uh, because we never actually take ownership. We don't really have any risk for the most part because with the wholesale, uh, I think last time we had talked, <laughs> we actually had a wholesale that went somewhat bad. There was a pipe that burst. The insurance didn't cover it. So you have a much higher risk level. If something goes bad, you can actually lose money. Whereas a wholesale, we try to get in and out as quickly as we can. And you know, the best way to do that is just to assign the contract to an end buyer, uh, you know, end investor that typically is more suited for the larger renovations. 
the only time we really look into a whole tale is when we're looking at something that's very quick and easy to be done. It doesn't need a lot of work and that doesn't fit a lot of the properties that we get under contract. A lot of them need a lot of work or they're in, you know, strange situations or strange areas that we're just not maybe comfortable with as a whole tale. We want those whole tales to be almost a home run. <laughs> yep. I hear you. What was the, the pipe that burst just, you know, cause the listeners weren't in on that conversation. Oh, yeah. Can, can you uh, elaborate on that? Yeah. So here in Michigan, um, it gets cold. And when we had this property was vacant, it's in a, a rural area. One of the lessons we learned, we're not going to be doing investment, at least hotels in those areas. Um, one of the pipes was just on an exterior wall. It was insulated, but apparently not well enough. Pipe burst and just flooded the house two days before closing. We had it under contract. We were going to you know, make a little bit of money. It wasn't a great deal to begin with at that point, but we were going to get close to breaking even. Well, the pipe burst postponed closing for another month. The buyer ended up still buying it, but we had to go through and rip out all the walls, do mold remediation, fix the plumbing and repaint everything. So it ended up being another extra five to $10,000. I'm not exactly sure what that ended up shaking out at, but yeah, it was a quite a learning lesson. When you look at all the deals that you've done and you, you've assessed, you know, where, where you're at now, what's your, and your responsibilities, what's your favorite responsibility that you have right now in respect to the type of deals that you're doing? I think my favorite responsibility is when I'm actually out there meeting with the homeowners and they're in a tough situation and we can help them out. Because oftentimes the, the reason we're able to do what we do is, you know, it's all real estate investors. We're adding value somewhere and solving a problem somewhere. And when you really find the people that are in a tough spot and we can help alleviate that problem, you know, we can't fix all their problems, but we can help them sell a house that's a burden to them for one reason or another. So when you get those types of situations and the people truly are grateful, it feels really great. It's very rewarding. When you're out there meeting with the homeowners and you're solving problems with them and for them and yourself, what are some tips that you have for the best ever listeners? Uh, you know, the big thing is listen. A lot of what, at least, you know, kind of in my experience, people that haven't been in sales, they, they end up trying to tell a lot of things and, you know, inflate themselves, make them sound like they're very important. Essentially, if you just ask them what the problem is, what the solution they want is, they'll end up telling you all their problems and they'll kind of tell you what the situation is, how they got into it. You know, so basically just asking probing questions and then, you know, being comfortable being quiet because that's where you're going to get the best information from people is, People hate awkward silences. And if you can hold out longer than they can, usually they're going to start spilling their guts on really what their actual problem is. Everyone starts off saying it's money. Well, it's not always money. It's the situation that got them into that situation that they need to get alleviated and us buying their house for either fast or for, you know, guaranteeing a way of closing or, you know, just being able to perform in a way that they don't have to worry about it falling through. Those are the different solutions that we can offer them. And you know, it's really good for you to be able to go out there, understand different situations and allow them to just kind of vent it out there and then get in to like you. And then ultimately that's what I think turns into them wanting to go with us. Mike, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? It kind of circles back to what we were just talking about. I think, you know, be able to solve problems for people. That is what this business is. We are able to solve different problems, whether it's taking an outdated home and updating it, whether it's providing a rental property for someone who can live you know, safe and affordably, or it's helping someone sell a house that they have become burdensome with. So you know, the best real estate investing advice ever, I would say, is just be able to identify and solve problems. Can you give us a scenario where 
it's been incredibly challenging for you to actually solve? Probably the, the most challenging problems to solve are the ones that maybe aren't really there. So people just want to sell their house for you know top dollar. You know the only way I can solve that is either referring to an agent or just put it away. Some of the more challenging ones are when you have to get creative. There's a home I'm looking at right now that is they thought a single family house, it's built more like a three unit multifamily and it's zoned for commercial. So they wanted to get single family home value out of it and it needs to be converted back to more of a multi-unit phase and just coming up with different terms that fit what they were looking for. It was challenging and you know, had to get a lot of help and feedback from other people, but I think we found a creative way that it's going to end up being a win-win for everyone. And what was the creative way? So essentially, we're looking at a 10-year land contract where we've given them different options for the amount of money down and different options for um, you know the terms and the payments. But ultimately, I think they're going to go with one where we put you know somewhere between five or ten thousand down and pay somewhere between five and seven hundred dollars a month for 10 years, and that's basically an interest-free loan. And it's going to need about thirty to forty thousand worth of work. But I did the math, and you're still going to get a 20% cash on cash return year one. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need more leads for your real estate business? And do you need a platform to help you get those leads? Well, Danny Johnson, previous best ever guest, episode 294, has exactly the solution for you, best ever listeners. Go to leadpropeller.com and that's going to help you, well, get more leads. He's got a website service that you can sign up for. It's a money back guarantee for the first 30 days. So no risk involved. Leadpropeller.com. You can also click the link in the show notes page and that will take you right there. Best ever deal you've done. Best ever deal I've done. We had a multi-unit, a five unit in a local area and we were able to assign that contract for close to $30,000. How'd you find it? just marketing. It was a guy I had been talking with. He called us at one point. It took almost eight months to finally come to an agreement. And then once we did, we were able to sell it very quickly. But you know, as, as you know, with those multi-units, there's a lot more due diligence that goes into it rather than just, you know, single family residence. <laughs> From the first call, phone call to when you closed, in between all that negotiating, where was it from a negotiation standpoint and where did it end up? So originally he wanted about 210 and we ended up negotiating it down to 170. And a lot of it was just, you know, talking with him, understanding the problem, what he was trying to do. He was trying to build a home up north and he didn't really want to deal with showings and agents. So I basically took his number, backed out the fees he would have paid anyway for an agent, kind of backed out some of the updates and renovation costs that would be need to be done and then just, you know, discount for ease of mind. And we were able to come to that agreement after, you know, like I said, several months of discussions. Best ever book you've read? I'd say it's a split. I mean, I really love the one thing. I felt like it was talking directly to me and I know everyone says that, but it's one of those books that really makes you realize that sitting and doing one thing is much more efficient than trying to multitask and, you know, get your hand in a bunch of different cookie jars. <laughs> And then did you say there was another book? I really love the four hour work week. Uh, it just really changed my perspective on being efficient versus effective. So, you know, just actually trying to get things done in a, the most effective way possible rather than, you know, just being busy to be busy sake. Best ever personal growth experience. And what'd you learn from it? 
Um, I would say just actually going into the real estate business and just jumping in feet first. You know, I was in the corporate world doing sales for a long time. And then finally, you know, my friend and I had been sitting down and he just asked me why I never pulled the trigger on doing real estate. And then I just jumped in feast first. And, and I'd say the best thing I learned from that was, you know, you, get, you can't be afraid to take action. And taking a lot of action gets you a lot of results. And that's what I've been trying to do these past, you know, 15, 16 months. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Well, I was given a lot of help when I first started getting into this real estate investing. So I try to do the same. I go to a lot of the real groups and I know I don't know maybe as much as everyone out there does, but I try to, you know, help people as much as I can. I try and get feedback. I try to make myself available because there was a lot of people that did that for me. And, you know, if I hadn't gotten that, I don't know I'd be where I'm at today. So I'd like to be able to extend that same thing to anybody out there. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? I have probably that one property where we forgot to turn the water off when it was vacant. <laughs> that had been a very expensive property. We did get feedback from people that it might be a challenging area because it was rural. And we just thought that we knew the numbers and, and we just got it wrong. And what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Uh, you can reach me at my email. It's mike.cowper, C-O-W-P as in Paul, E-R, at we buy R-O-I. Or you can give me a call at 248 871-7450. I'd be happy to help anybody out that I can. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show and, and sharing your advice as well as your pros and cons of wholesaling versus wholetailing, where you know, wholetailing, you do have more risk because you're taking ownership and you're selling it to the end buyer versus wholesaling where you know, you, you're getting in um, and then getting out with uh, very minimal and in fact, pr pretty much zero risk except for really the earnest money uh, deposit that you put down to put it under contract. If you put any down at all, uh, well, I think you probably have to put a dollar down or something, right? Uh, we typically do not. Oh, you don't put anything down? Yeah, we, we've kind of gone back and forth with different uh, people that we work with on the merits of that. Essentially, the way I feel is if someone wants to back out, we're going to let them. And, you know, usually we provide the solution that people want. So they're not really that interested in trying to back out. We've got enough deals in our in our pipeline that I'm not going to hold someone to a deal they don't want to. Oh, I was talking about when you initially put it under contract to actually wholesale to somebody else, you put the dollar or whatever down or you don't put anything down. No, not at this time. Got it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm tracking now. Okay. Well, um, with the difference in wholesaling and wholetailing as well as your uh, approach from you know, sales and working with the working with the motivated sellers. Uh, really interesting, I think, when you said the, the hardest problem to solve is the one that might not be there where they simply just want top dollar and that's it. Well, then you, know, you don't have much to offer them other than going, going to a broker. And then you know, listing out also the, the, the type of partnership that you have right now um, and how you've, you're scaling your business with the other mic. So thank you so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. You too. Do you need more leads for your real estate business and do you need a platform to help you get those leads? Well, Danny Johnson, previous best ever guest, episode 294, has exactly the solution for you, best ever listeners. Go to leadpropeller.com and that's going to help you, well, get more leads. He's got a website service that you can sign up for. It's a money back guarantee for the first 30 days. So no risk involved. Leadpropeller.com. You can also click the link in the show notes page and that will take you right there.